This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host this week, Carl Ulrich. I'm Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, where I teach entrepreneurship, innovation, as well as product design. This week, we've got a really interesting show. We're interviewing eight of the semifinalists in the Penn Wharton Entrepreneurship Startup Showcase and Startup Challenge. And these are student entrepreneurs who are any student at the University of Pennsylvania may participate, but they're doing real things. And and many of our past winners of many of the past participants in the startup challenge have gone on to create important and interesting companies. So this is real stuff. And it's it's really interesting because we get to see these companies right at their birth. Our final guest is Thomas Cabot, and he's here to talk about how do I say it, Thomas? Powdy Innovations. Powdy Innovations. I was wondering. It's just long and it's just short enough that I wondered if I said P-O-W-T-I. No, no, that doesn't well, make sense. It is an acronym, actually. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in All a minute. Right. So, uh, Powdy Innovations. Okay, Thomas, give us the elevator pitch for Powdy Innovations. So, Powdy Innovations is making the world's first fully automated, standalone traumatic injury detection system. It activates when you've sustained a traumatic injury and then instantly sends your location as well as injury information to rescue personnel. So it's basically I've fallen and I can't get up. Exactly. All right. All right. You you know, I wonder you could probably really. Well, actually, I wonder there's a certain demographic that knows that reference and it might just be the 50 something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I get it. So you get it. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So um, and and before we get into it further, I want to I want to point our listeners to your website. So it's it's P.O.W.T.I. Powdy dot com. And so despite the fact that you have the longer name, Powdy Innovation, you actually have the short domain as a .com, which is awesome. So uh, first of all, t- t- go ahead and tell us what the acronym stands for. Can you? Uh, this is satellite. You can say anything you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it stands for Point of Wounding Trauma Indicator. Wow. All so right. Military background, so we like acronyms. You like so. acronyms. <laughs> all right. Okay. So uh, let's start with. Talk, tell us about the device and how it works. Sure. So it's a, it's a wearable device, and we're using different sensors to detect traumatic forces on the body. So forces like a traumatic acceleration or a rapid acceleration from mm-hmm. a fall or the impact of a projectile, mm-hmm. motor vehicle accident, overpressure from an explosion. And when certain thresholds are exceeded, it activates and begins to send the location. And over time, our algorithms will also be able to, based on what forces it detects, give some indication of these are the injury patterns you should expect when you arrive on scene. Yeah. What are the raw uh, the raw data you can observe as acceleration, pressure, and temperature? Yeah, as well as gyroscope, um, oh, so r- rate of rotation, yeah. orientation. Yeah. Wow. So that's yeah. a lot of sensors. It is. Yeah. And so uh, t- talk about the physical properties of the device. How big is it and where do you wear it? Uh, so it's worn center mass on the body. So mm-hmm. it can be attached to a belt or to a safety harness mm-hmm. or a uniform. Uh, it's about the size of a hockey puck, a little mm-hmm. bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fairly small, low profile, designed to be worn by people in mostly high risk job environments yeah. where they potentially are wearing other equipment. So we need to be conscious of integrating it into their existing systems. And yeah, so give us an example of the, say your initial use case. Who do you envision wearing this? Yeah, so we're initially targeting first responders. Mm -hmm. So police, firefighters, emergency medical personnel Mm -hmm. and using it in their day-to-day jobs. 
and and maybe describe a scenario where this could be useful and why it's so useful. Yeah. Sure. So, um, you know, my co-founder and I both have military backgrounds. We were both medical providers in the military, and we saw countless traumatic injuries. And unfortunately, in that job, we, you know, uh, all too often people didn't make it simply because we, we couldn't get there fast enough. Mm. And so an example, and really what was the impetus for creating this device, my co-founder was a firefighter paramedic. One of his fellow firefighters fell off of a bridge while they were fighting a fire. And in the chaos of putting a, the fire out, no one noticed that he yeah. had fallen. Yeah. And, you know, a significant period of time went by before anyone realized what had happened. So we did, we talked about the sensors. We didn't talk about what happens when the right. event is sens sensed. So tell us what happens. Yeah, yeah. So we're essentially instantly sending the GPS coordinates mm -hmm. and the, the wearer's information to mm -hmm. emergency rescue personnel. Mm -hmm. So if it's a first responder, it may go directly to the police station or to the 911 dispatcher, depending on the location. Uh, or also to the the ambulance itself, and that's done on a on a cellular network. So we use multiple communication systems, okay. but the primary one is cellular. All right, and my last hardware question is what what, what how, about how much do you expect it to cost? So right now our price point is five hundred dollars, mm -hmm. but it may go up a little bit uh, based on some studies that we've done. People might be willing to pay more. And is there a service component as well? Uh, not particularly. Okay. So there's a there's a subscription fee to yeah. cover the data transmission, yeah. and that's eight dollars a month. Yeah, I'd call that a service component. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I should say maybe a subscription component. Right. Yeah. So um, all right, super cool. So uh, the yeah, I get that you both had this experience. Where was the epiphany where you had this idea for this particular device? So yeah. it was actually that event that I mentioned. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So that happened in 2012 to my co-founder, mm -hmm. and then. In 2015, when I was getting out of the military, uh, he came to me with the idea. He had he was starting to file for the patents and said, you know, I need help making this into a business. Mm -hmm. um, you want to come help me do it? And I was like, yeah. yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah. So you you came to Wharton. I'm I'm looking at your bio. So you're about to graduate as well. And so you came to Wharton with this idea already. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. Uh, although to be fair, you know, from a military background, the business side of it was still foreign to me. So yeah. uh, over these two years, I've really d dove straight in and, and figured it out as I've gone. Yeah. So I, I wonder just if you could comment on on how much extra stuff you had to go through. What's the right way to ask it? So I guess the question would be, if you were starting a business, you had an idea for a business, mm -hmm. is going to business school a reasonable first step or or not? Yeah, uh, It probably depends on your business yeah. and where you are personally in yeah. life. Uh, you know, The business school decision happened before I knew I was going to do the business. Oh, I see. Um, okay. I knew I wanted to transition into the private sector. But mm -hmm. then when I came here, I actually won a pitch competition in the first month or so of mm -hmm. school. Uh, you know, really with no business background. Yeah. And I thought, wow, maybe maybe I should actually do this. Yeah. And that was a lot of validation. Yeah. So. yeah. so in the course of that two years, you learned some things about market sizing and finance and so forth. So mm -hmm. tell me how you envision this business evolving. Is it is it will it remain in that vertical uh, forever? And or is there an opportunity for it to move into more of a consumer device? There, yeah. there definitely is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would like to move into industrial safety as a whole, mm -hmm. uh, commercial industry, elderly who live at home alone is a huge market that I think we can definitely address that the devices like the I've fallen and I can't get up devices have not changed in decades. 
and and I think eventually in the consumer respect we can outgrow the hardware completely. Yeah. Eventually, and and that's that's a few years down the road. Meaning, but. me, I I I had that that was going to be my next question. I mean, your 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 mobile device has almost all these sensors, right? Right. right. And so and the communications, right? So it it could be an app, or, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so neither of you had a product design background or technology background. Tell, tell us a little bit about the, or maybe the, maybe your partner did, but tell yeah. us a little bit about the process of actually getting this engineered. Uh, so a lot of trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> uh, working with engineering firms. My, my co-founder does have a technical background. Oh, he does. he okay. worked for a body armor research and development company and has also worked with some communication systems. Um, but yeah, we've we brought on an engineer to the team. We're actually bringing on another, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, also subcontracting with engineering teams and uh, manufacturing companies, and really just building the whole value chain mm-hmm. from scratch. Yeah, uh, I mean, one of the nice things about this device, at least at first glance for me, is that it does leverage a lot of consumer. Uh, sensors and technologies, a lot of stuff that's out there in high volume, right. which makes it more of a systems integration right. challenge than having to invent too much stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The uh, the algorithm and signal processing is by far the hardest yeah. part. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so one of the challenges I suspect you must face is what's the go-to-market strategy? And I can imagine two approaches. The one I always think of as the Dropbox strategy, which is get somebody inside the organization to adopt and then try to convince their boss that they should buy it for everybody versus go go straight to the boss so so which which have you taken or some some third and so yeah, yeah it's a little bit of both yeah um with the the military and first responder industries are very similar yeah. very similar culture and buying processes uh so there's a push and pull mm-hmm. we're primarily focused on the top level decision makers mm-hmm. but there's definitely an element of appealing to the individuals. Yeah, uh, these guys are willing to purchase their own equipment. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, if you look at what we as society are willing to pay to save a life, it's you know, it's millions of dollars typically. Absolutely. So I guess you got to look at the risk adjusting. What's the probability you're going to be in? Right. But but are, do they think about it that way, or is it sort of a uh, five hundred bucks? Geez, we ought to have everybody ought to have one of these. In yeah. commercial industry, they do think of it yeah. that way. There yeah. are very specific metrics that they're tracking. On the military and first responder side, not as much. Yeah. It's, it's more like they see the deaths every day and yeah. the injuries every day, and it's clear and apparent to them. So. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, it's an it's an interesting question. I mean, I guess to people people are critical of that view of the world, the more you know analytical view of the world. But but it's really a question of which of these many devices right. are you going to choose? Yeah, and so there, you do need some logic to sure. it. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, where are you? What's the way, where are you in the timeline and how, what's the traction? So yeah. we're, we're over the last several months, we've been finishing up some of the hardware development itself, and we're hoping to do some pilot studies this summer. We've mm-hmm. actually got Penn's police department signed up to do oh, a nice. pilot study. Yeah. Um, and so that'll be a field test where we're validating our algorithms, validating the form factor, and then we'll do some final regulatory steps and then launch at least regionally at the end of this year yeah. with a nationwide launch in the spring of 2019. Yeah. So one of the questions I get a lot from hardware entrepreneurs is, sir, what's the minimum scale needed to get going? So, so what, would be, what, what do you think will be your first production run uh, when, you're, when you're out of beta, you're ready to sort of have a real product? So, yeah, yeah it's difficult to say, mm-hmm. um, primarily because we're 
targeting departments individually. Yeah. Uh, but an average department size for a, like a mid-sized city is maybe a thousand people. Mm-hmm. So we'd probably do two to three thousand. Yeah. Expecting to get one or two every month or so. Yeah. And and what so what kind of finance? What to just we just have a minute, but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your thoughts on financing. Yeah, so we're raising a seed round this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're planning to raise two and a half million, mm-hmm. and that'll basically carry us. That's an eighteen-month runway to get yep. us all the way to nationwide product launch. Yeah, my experience, by the way, is you can probably produce in a batch as small as a thousand, and I'm not sure I'd go bigger than that on yeah, the first yeah, one because yeah. you're going to have to eat some. You know, you, things are always a little wrong, but sure. uh, but it, it it's quite feasible to make about a thousand, and right. that's probably about the right. About the right number. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Thomas is super interesting and um, a great story. And I wish you the best of luck week after next. Great. Thanks very much. All right. Uh, for more information about Pouty Innovations, you can just go to Pouty.com and that's P O W T I.com. Pouty.com. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 